0: This episode was originally recorded in mid 2022 when Dr. Denison Lim was still with TruePill. He is currently no longer TruePill as of 2023, but has allowed publishing this episode to share the importance of his journey into health tech. You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. out with another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start this one saying that the intended audience is uh, everyone. And today we're going to be having a special conversation with Dr. Dennis Lim. And he is a residency trained pharmacist now working on the healthcare IT side. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Dennis. How are you doing? Doing great, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny because we kind of like known each other for a while but not ever had a one-on-one conversation about you know your career path or anything like that it's just more like you know us knowing people who you know know us right so
1: yeah i mean it's definitely a small community in in informatics so yeah uh, yeah really happy i've met you i think i'm trying to think back the first time was it uh anaheim anaheim ashp uh yeah
0: yeah yeah it was that i think i met you the same time i met beiju and um
1: Yeah, it was that mixer, I think, the informatics mixer,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like today, uh, we're just going to be talking about, you know, your career path. And um, but, you know, before we get started into going into the weeds and everything, can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Florida. And so, of course, I went to University of Florida, Uh, did eight years at at University of Florida, four years undergrad, four years PharmD, um, but ended up. Doing residency out in Indiana, and in Ohio, so Indiana University Health for my PGY1, and then uh, Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center for um, my PGY2 in Pharmacy Informatics. Uh, took on a career um, after, gr- after graduation from residency at Mayo Clinic. Spent about seven years there um, helping them out with their EPIC implementation across the four states. Um, and then, yeah, currently I am here at TruPill. And as you mentioned, kind of on the healthcare IT side, health tech side. So I'm currently a product manager here at TruPill um, under our pharmacy uh, value stream.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So one of the things I always ask is uh, going back to it, going back to like prior to getting into pharmacy, like what was your decision like of going into the pharmacy path? Like, did you have a, was it like a particular moment or, you know, was it like a series of events? Like, how did you kind of stumble onto pharmacy?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It brings me back to a pretty specific memory. Um, this was pre-pharmacy society. Um, at the time, I was a nutrition major, and I was kind of exploring whether I would go down the path of medical school or I would go down some other healthcare path, or whether it would be pharmacy or not. Um, but I did one of the inaugural meetings for pre-pharmacy society. I remember a particular speaker, um, a mentor of mine, Katie Vogel anderson at the University of Florida. And at the time, she was a VA um, clinical specialist. And I was just really inspired by her story of, you know, the impact that she had at the VA. Um, She spent a lot of times uh, helping the patients in terms of adjusting their medications and really had having this kind of like level of independent practice that I didn't expect a pharmacist to have. And so um, I think at that time, I was like, yeah, I think pharmacy could be a possibility.
0: Awesome. Was was there like anything else? Where was that kind of like when you started thinking about that and then um, pursued it?
1: That was the start. I ended up doing a shadowing experience with her and um, in in the VA clinic. Uh, this was the Malcolm Malcolm oof, Malcolm something VA in Gainesville. And um, yeah, so I did a shadowing experience for her, saw her. You know, adjust uh, patients' you know, uh, dyslipidemia medications and insulin. And I was like, yeah, this is the path. Um, I was thinking at the time like, oh, we pharmacy be, you know, shorter because I don't have to do residency. And, you know, I can still have this level of impact on patients without having to go through four additional years of residency. But we all know, based on what, my introduction, how that turned out. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, but that was initially the thought, you know, getting pharmacy do four years come out really be able to, you know, do some uh, patient care activities.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it was similar where I, I didn't really know think like you know there would be like kind of residency around until like I got into pharmacy school. I'm like, oh, okay, so there is residency that you you would need to do uh to kind of go into these uh, specialized areas. Um, so you know, talking about that, like you know, you did your PGY one, um, like general PGY one. That's that's how everyone is, but kind of like, where did you start to know about the pharmacy informatics space? Was that kind of something you knew? during your time at school or did you kind of learn that later like when you were in your pgy1 yeah i'll be honest like informatics is not one of those things
1: that was very strong um during my you know pharmacy school education i mean i knew of it just because um we had this thing called shan's block where during our p4 year rather than going to like various different places we did our entire rotation as a block at a hospital in this case it was shan's hospital um so from there i did some informatics projects related to like warfarin dosing and whatnot and warfarin calculators. So I knew kind of that, that informatics existed, but I've not really had kind of formal introduction to it. And so actually one of the reasons why I chose Indiana University was, aside from informatics, I was like super gung-ho on pediatrics. Like, yeah, I would love pediatrics. This is what I want to do if I were to remain in the clinical realm. So they had really strong pediatrics program, like a PG- pediatrics PGY2 as well as you know, one of the few pro- few organizations that also had a PGY2 informatics. So I was like, yeah, this is like the place where I can just kind of get both of those experiences and um, really determine kind of where my future would
0: be. I see, I see. Yeah, I mean, like Indiana University, I, I don't know much about their program, but I just know that their website is where I always went to for all the Cytochrome B450 stuff. So
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they were, them and um, St. Jude's are definitely on the forefront of a lot of that for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you, you know, you did your PGY2 in informatics, um, at the Ohio State University, uh, Wexner Medical Center. And, um, I guess like for, for that, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people on the podcast talk about their residency experience and it's always a little bit different, uh, for each case, but there's like general ideas that are the same. So I guess my question to you is like, you know, what did you think you were able to get out, of that residency that kind of helped you the most in terms of like your, your uh, future from that point, your future role over at Mayo Clinic?
1: Let's see, I think why I ended up going to Ohio State University, now, I appreciate you had the in the front, the Ohio State University, Wexner Medical Center was um, really around the fact that this was an inaugural program, so I would have been the first resident and I really had the opportunity to build the vision for what I wanted you know, an informatics resident to experience, along with Beth Pryor, who was the RPD. She's fantastic and, and a great mentor of mine. Um, so I think the most important thing that I've learned in that residency is really how to juggle um, many different projects and manage those expectations from those various users or stakeholders of those projects. I think that served me really well in informatics in my career at Mayo Clinic and I think it's serving me even to this day uh, as a product manager at Truepill, where you know we had multiple things going on at the same time and we just need to make sure we communicate and manage those expectations amongst all the stakeholders. Um, it was a very project-based residency where many things were going on at once and, and not necessarily along this like defined timeline of a particular rotational experience so things were kind of you know um inter- interweave between
0: the various rotations so in your residency and i i'm always like curious about this stuff because like for me i didn't do a residency but i kind of got thrown into the informatics side like you know they hired me straight on as that so immediately i was just like starting to <laughs> work on things um and you know in my mind residencies are more guided and um having said that you did say that you're you would be the first resident of that program for informatics so how how did that kind of like how was that structured for you being that you know, you know, you were the first resident and did it kind of like meet your expectations of like what a residency in informatics would be like the guidance side of it
1: in in informatics there there are really themes and and so we had you know, some level of structured guidance, which I really enjoyed. So like you had an understanding of how to do decision support within the EMR. We had an understanding of how the EMR communicates with, you know, your various automation technologies. And so that was structured in the sense like, It progressed as you and built upon your previous experiences across rotations but you also had projects and so one project i can remember specifically was around like how how do you build a external IV room for dispensing cart fills for your inpatient (laughs) for for, um, pharmacy and and, in patients that is a totally wide open project that gave me a lot of leeway for understanding how i would approach it i determine my, my own approach, and I ran it by, you know, the the people on my team to make sure that, you know, it fit with kind of what they were thinking as well. But in in that sense, those projects were not guided. And so that's, the I think, the part I enjoy the most. I mean, I love learning in a structured way, but I also like learning in, and I probably learn best in, in sort of this brute force fashion where I'm just kind of thrown in, like you mentioned, to, to kind of figure it out. Um, And I think that's what I enjoyed most about the residency. And that's what I tried to have more of as I developed that experience for what I anticipate would be, you know, a future in informatics, right? Informatics is one of those super broad um, uh, specialties in pharmacy where there's not a lot of guidelines. I mean, as much as we say that there are guidelines like in in the clinical side where you have like your chest guidelines and your sepsis guidelines, like a lot of this stuff is kind of like from trial and error, from learned experiences, tribal knowledge, um, or just like you brute force and kind of figure it out as you go. And so I wanted something like that in the informatics experience. And that's, you know, between, you know, Beth and myself, we kind of, I think, built that kind of experience for me.
0: Yeah, and I actually want to add to the whole networking aspect so important, because like, um, working on those kind of things, like, like you said, just trying to figure things out. For me, I'm like, oh, I need to check with my network too, to see like, what are people doing out there? Did anyone else experience something like this? And it's always like, it's, it's surprising to me sometimes that there are issues that not many people experience because every system is just so different. Um, I always get like pretty, uh pretty shocked sometimes when I, I ask my network about things that I would think, you know, uh oh, this must be a common occurrence, but then it's not so, um, and kind of related to my next question about that is the way that, you know, you moved from the Ohio State University, you finish your, your residency program, then you moved to Mayo Clinic. Um, I mean, I guess my first question is, did they use the same EHR? And then the follow-up question to that is, how different was it?
1: Oh, man. So yeah, the answer to your first question was yes, uh, using the same EHR, same vendor. So you would anticipate that, oh, everything will be the same. And um, as you alluded to, informatics is different a little bit, a little bit different everywhere, and so certainly your practice drives a lot of what differentiates between organizations on the same EHR. Um, and so Mayo Clinic as an organization is very different than the uh, Ohio State University as an organization. And so while the tool is the same, uh, so the tool being the EHR and and even all the supporting automation was very similar, the the use of those those technologies and, and how they integrate it with workflows and how users expect that they behave were very different. And so um, the first things I did there were really around automated dispensing cabinets. The way that automated dispensing cabinet formularies and permissions and user roles were managed were very different between the two organizations. And so that kind of drives how you think about informatics because it's it's really what do the users expect, and what's maybe the, the culture of the organization. And so, ultimately, we built EHR that you know is very different between two organizations. Um, not saying one is right or wrong, but they both fit what the culture of the organization um, demands. And I think maybe that's the most important part. But I also think that's probably the part that makes informatics one of the more difficult specialties to get into. But I think it's also the part that I enjoy most about informatics, and in that you can approach a problem with like, you know, five different solutions, and they may all be correct, depending on the context.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that no, I definitely agree, especially, I mean, you you had experience with Epic, but I'm I'm a Cerner of informatics pharmacists. And on the Cerner side of things, there's just so many ways to do the same thing, and so many ways to customize to get to the same answer. And it's, uh, it's both cool that there are so many ways you can customize, but also a detriment because now there are so many workflows that are different that can lead to the same thing. And then nobody standardized, um, which which really relates to like my question about standardization, because from my understanding, I think when you were at Mayo Clinic, you had different organizations on Cerner, right?
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you You uh, brought up the names for yourself. Well, I actually wasn't sure if I can say names on here for for particular EHR vendors. But yes, Um, what uh, Mayo Clinic did was we converted two different Cerner instances as well as one instance of GE IDX or mixed last word, depending on kind of like how you reference it, uh, <laughs> re- reference it based on who acquired it. Um, but yeah, it was two separate Cerner instances across um, the, the network and one GE instance. And so um, worked a lot with Cerner, obviously during my time at Indiana University, and then got a chance to kind of reacquaint myself with Cerner while at Mayo Clinic doing their conversions. But even though those are two different EHRs, um, there are very similar concepts between those two. Like, if you think about like an order set in Epic, it's very different, it's very same, similar to I think it's all like a smart set or something like that. Something in Epic, uh, I mean, in Cerner that has a similar meaning, but the oh, way yeah. that they work is functionally incredibly different. And so, we had to kind of distill from, from the Cerner world, like, what is the key functionality here that you expect and then implement an epic a similar concept or similar perspective around that key functionality while using like a slightly different tool even though they're both essentially a high level like order sets which to me is a super fascinating problem to solve because it allows you to be creative but then you kind of have guardrails you know um in in terms of not going too crazy
0: yeah, yeah. I've I've seen like I mean on a smaller scale like when we we uh work on let's say going from one IV workflow system to another like you know we had Dosage we still have edge but we were moving towards um Using the IV prep solution from Mm -hmm. from BD, Mm -hmm. and you know one goes with you know the way the print interfaces work. Another one goes with how HL7 messages work, (laughs) and you know it was so so challenging. I mean that's part of the reason why we didn't go to to IV prep. We're still on those edge, but um, it's so challenging to to get those kind of things to line up, and you know the crosswalk stuff, the mapping stuff, and it's it's so. I don't know. I, I think it's like really cool to to work on those things, like like you said. But it's also very hard to describe it to someone that isn't really working in it. Uh, You know, when when students are asking me about like, oh, what do you do? And then I try to explain it to them. It's just so difficult because those things are like, I don't know, like, I feel like you got to really do the thing to like, really appreciate its challenge, you know?
1: Yeah, on paper, it is not like a sexy thing to do. Like, oh, let's, convert from one IV workflow solution to another. And you're like, why are we doing that? Um, but the problems that that results in, that you have to solve to, to make that happen is one of my favorite things about informatics. It's that level of ambiguity, the level of creativity required. And I think kind of the problem solving aspect of that is what I enjoy the most. Um, you know, whether there is a functional output or endpoint that is, you know, different from going one system to another, probably not. But you know, as as we age in our, our older technologies, you know, they they don't have that level of support. And and so as we have new technologies, we migrate to them. And I think part of Informatics' job is making sure that those technologies are providing the value that they're intended to provide. And so we do need to do these things on paper that don't sound very cool. But I think from an informatics perspective, they are like really great problems to solve. And it allows us, I think, to, in that conversion process, really make improvements that actually are meaningful to either, you know, the end users or patients.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, one something I wanted to ask, which I think is a little bit off tangent, but um, you did Go through uh, an MBA program, and I know this was during your time at Mayo Clinic. I was wondering if, like that, the concepts you learned through your MBA program—I um, know there was a tail end of your Mayo Clinic days—but like, you know, as you were going through the program, were there things that you know helped you with, uh, with your kind of like day to day, or even like higher level thinking at Mayo, or was it kind of like more applicable in your current role?
1: Um, definitely more applicable in my current role, but. What I'll say that the MBA taught me, even while I was going through it at Mayo Clinic, um, context for the audience here is that really like, after I got my MBA, I almost immediately started my product job here at, at Truepill. But it took me two years to do my MBA. So I, I was at Mayo for two years um, uh, while doing it. And so what that really led me to to think more about is, oftentimes as pharmacists and even in, in, in informaticists, like we don't think about The costs that go into the work that we do and the cost that is associated with the products that we implement, Um, not just from like a dollar amount cost, um, but from overhead costs, like the amount of support, for example, if you need like a informaticist to make an update every week, you know, that informaticist will spend, you know, how many hours is that built into the cost of acquiring that system? Because you know, oftentimes it's not. And so we only think about costs in informatics oftentimes, and especially in pharmacy, just from the acquisition or maybe just the the deal and maybe the consumables. Like, you know, we need to buy X product to keep this robot running. But we don't think about the human costs, I think. Um, And that's what the MBA really taught me is looking at the cost, the true cost of the work that we do and the systems that we buy and the things that we implement, Um, because often those go unaccounted for. And, And so that's kind of been my passion you know, while at Mayo Clinic, but certainly now at a at a startup that is very much about, you know, cost, um, how to drive cost down how to minimize the maintenance. And that's really I think as a result of my MBA.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's a good point. Because I think like there's a lot of like um I don't want to say it's like short sighted, but it's more of like it's uh sometimes the focus for an organization or a hospital is like, you know, the the clinical care, the, the physical cost of the items. But you know, there's not as much focus on the human resource, and I kind of see that too uh, in places that I've worked at. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good point to bring up because you know we as pharmacists, when trained more clinically, we're not looking at the business aspect of things. We're not looking at resource allocation kind of sides because we're all focused on getting our farm D. So, having that MBA, I think, is like a really great way to kind of expand your your kind of understanding of that. Um, and you know, uh, I guess now we're in your timeline of like now that you're at True Pill. Uh, I know you can't get into specifics, but are you able to kind of describe the general uh, idea of like what you are responsible for?
1: Yeah. And that, I think that leans into the kind of question about like, what is a product manager, especially what is a product manager that comes from a clinical or pharmacy background? Um, So at a broad level, I can say that, you know, I work essentially on the pharmacist value stream or work stream for pharmacists. So everything I do from a product perspective impacts pharmacists, right? And so... One of the reasons why I was hired here, I think, is because of my experience working in a pharmacy, Uh, obviously for a different pharmacy from a perspective of inpatient versus outpatient. But still, you know, nevertheless, I think important understandings of, you know, the key things to look for in pharmacist workflows and medication related content and and, uh, um, features. So. I think it translates very well from informatics because if you think about what you do in informatics, right, you have tickets that are essentially, you know, feature requests, like they need you to do this or bugs. Um, You have to prioritize them because you only have so many hours a day and you can only, you know, guarantee that certain things are done by a particular date because of the amount of time that you have. Really, that's product management. And so it's very translatable from informatics, right? The additional aspect of product management is really, that communication with engineers. Um, What I like to say is that in informatics, and I I don't know if you feel this way, Tony, because I I certainly did this a lot. If there was a problem I couldn't solve, I would just say it's it's a vendor limitation. Like, yeah, sorry, EHR can't support that. You know, too bad. The difference in kind of a company, a software company where you're a product manager is that realistically, you can solve any problem you want, right? It's a factor of whether it's worth the time, whether it's worth the resource, and does it fit into a broader strategy for your company. So I don't have the luxury anymore of saying, I can't do that. My kind of, you know, new approach to it, because, you know, oftentimes you technically could do it is really ask, like, why do you want to do that? Or, and then what value does it bring? Um, and so that's kind of like, you know, the next step beyond informatics uh, that that really that I've been learning and leaning into. Um, but you know, obviously, leveraging a lot of my informatics experiences.
0: Yeah, um, I, that was actually my next question about, like, you know, now that you're on the vendor side, the health uh, health tech side, how did your experience on the informatics side, on the hospital organization side, how how is that kind of informing the way that you're you're doing your job now as a as a product manager?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because I wish I could like be more specific, but generally, like. Obviously, I'm working with pharmacists. I'm working in the pharmacy very stream, right? So I'm encountering essentially very similar problems that I encountered in inpatient, outpatient areas as a pharmacist. Um, you can imagine kind of what those are. And I have an opportunity now because I have a group of engineers and I'm able to rethink about how to approach those problems. Um, rethink, you know, how things are shown to pharmacists, rethink the workflow um, based on my experiences. Um, and I think that's that's been kind of eye opening to me. Um, the thing that I've actually realized, and now that I'm on the other side, I I probably have sympathy for, <laughs> is like all of these vendors, they have kind of the equivalent of me on the other side of you. Like for you, Tony, they're trying to do their best guess at solving a problem, given the confines of time, money, resources, and like I would say, existing decisions that have been made, <laughs> which. Oh, yeah which is super interesting because there are decisions I want to make, but I obviously can't either for one of those reasons. There's no time, there's no resources, or there's some other constraining factor of a previous decision. So, But I'll say that my approach has been thinking of my experiences on the inpatient, outpatient realm, thinking of how a pharmacist sees those things, and then thinking about, you know, do I just replicate it? Like, just because it's, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Or is there a better way I can do this that makes it more efficient, more effective, etc.? Um, which I love. It's like, it's like now you see the problem that you and I have been complaining about, like, you know, crazy amounts of alerts. You know, the, one of the most in common things in informatics is like, um, you know, alert fatigue. How do you then um, make alerting effective and not be a nuisance in now that you have access to code, there's almost no no excuse, right? Like you can do anything you want.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting that um like you said like, you know, prior to me getting, you know, expanding my network and then meeting all these people who work on both sides, right? You know, people working to the, on the vendor side, people working on, you know, the or, hospital org side like me. Like prior to that, right? Like mm-hmm. I was always like, why why can't they do this? We've been requesting this all the time, da da da, right? Not understanding how the health tech side operates and now like you know speaking with you speaking with other people i know on that side of things i really see the you know i see the stress that you guys deal with and i understand more so of like the pressures that that are occurring because you know you have so many different customers with so many different requests um how do you know how do you know like what to prioritize how do you know what is the more important thing to do versus something less or what you know what is the safety issue things like that and the other thing i have also noticed and have felt more um appreciative of is that you're doing this sometimes with no access to the domain or system that the uh, client is using and it's almost like working a little bit kind of blind i guess is that true yeah absolutely um
1: you're, you're taking your best guess at, at the solution to the problem. Now, you can always spend more time, you can be on site with the customer and see it live. But that also takes you away from other activities, right? So like, if you fly to the customer and, and see it in person, you, you lose that time flying to do planning and to do, you know, better scoping for other things. So it's always a trade off. Um, when you're in this world of what to prioritize. Um, I think it's, probably the problem that i most enjoy about my job right now is how do we deliver i think what everyone knows we need and want but how do we deliver that in the most effective way um either by prioritizing certain things ahead of others or just like double down and just knocking this out because it's so important
0: yeah yeah i i don't uh (laughs) i i don't feel jealous about your decisions i i (laughs) i uh I'm kind of glad on my end that I'm not on that side because I I don't know how I would like deal with that kind of stress or. But you know what, though, like,
1: so I don't know. Let me know how you feel. So like in informatics, I felt I was very much ticket driven. Like here's a ticket, do the ticket, close the ticket. Right. I feel like a lot of these concepts and product would actually be very helpful in informatics where really like product is really driven about Around roadmaps, right? Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we think we can do in this time frame. Here's what's next, and here's what's afterwards. Um, I don't ever felt like I did that in informatics, and it was really just like, whatever the vendor releases, we'll give you. Please tell us how to configure it. If it's broken, give me a ticket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, uh, I get some of that. Like I understand that part. Um, but I, I'm fortunate in my role that there are longer term projects I'm part of that I kind of feel like it's like product manager role. Like I, I'm not really, you know, like a project manager, but the involvement I have with the oncology EHR project does give me and my team a little bit more kind of like freedom to design and build and things like that. That is not really ticket driven. But yes, you are right. The All the other stuff uh, does feel like it is ticket driven, like request driven or incident driven. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I'm fortunate in my role to like kind of have a mix of that.
1: Nice. I think that's that's important to have because you want to feel like you can measure yourself against some kind of progress, right? Yeah. Rather than waking up and, well, what's what's on my to do list that someone has given me because there's a ticket, and that's no fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I think like just in general, the informatics role or even health tech role is just so fun to me because every day is different. Like I don't feel like I'm repeating the things, same things over and over yes there's some repetition some common issues yes but generally speaking there's so much variety of what things we have to work on or deal with you know
1: yeah I think that's that was definitely one of my favorite parts in informatics and um it's it's a part that I've taken with me uh, uh here here at a true pill the product because we're still solving essential informatics problems just just now with engineers
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um you know, and you, you've been at TruePill for a while now, and you've been, you know, in informatics quite a long time now. So, I mean, I don't know about a long time, but relatively speaking, like, you know, to, to the new grads out there or um, people who are in residency now, you've been uh, in there with a lot of experience. And um, I guess, like, what is some kind of uh, advice that you would give to people who are more interested in getting into, you know, either informatics or the uh, healthcare IT space?
1: Yeah, um, it's a great question because I've kind of been bouncing this idea around with other product managers that kind of come with uh, from a pharmacist background. I think the feeling is, you know, product is, is really a career p- pivot rather than a progression from informatics. So if you're a pharmacist today or a pharmacy student today, one of the great ways to get into that and position yourself for that pivot is... I think informatics, because like I mentioned and, and keep mentioning, I think there's a lot of translatable elements here. Um, certainly, I would say an order of magnitude more um, than just pure clinical practice. And so you at least have that leg, legs up. Um, I think informatics is still a really important aspect of pharmacy practice that is kind of underutilized today. I know a lot of organizations still are utilizing non-pharmacists in a lot of their clinical flows. Uh under informatics, I would love to see, you know, more people getting into informatics uh, as a career in a niche uh, under pharmacy. But I also understand, like, the jobs may or may not be there just given kind of the economic situation and economics of, you know, frankly, hiring a very expensive pharmacist where, you know, a less exp- expensive analyst might do. Um, so, um, but I think informatics is, is kind of... I think where a lot of people should start if they really want to pivot in the product. Um, not to say that, you know, we don't have plenty of examples in my network that came directly from the clinical side.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you know, if anyone had like more, you know, questions maybe about, you know, your role or specific things about your journey, uh, what's the best way that they can reach you?
1: Uh, I'm active on LinkedIn. Uh, Feel free to, you know, uh, connect and send me a message. I'm happy to answer questions around, you know, getting into informatics, um, you know, what best way to approach informatics at your organization. and then if, you know, you're interested, you know, what that pivot might look like. And again, I want to emphasize like product is very much a pivot.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So I'll be putting that into the show notes for anyone who's interested in uh, reaching out. Uh, but, you know, to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much uh, for finally, you know, us having this talk and uh, being on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, my apologies. I think we, we were going to do this in like January and then like uh, my I, my career and calendars got too crazy. And so uh, glad we finally had a chance to do it now. <laughs>
0: all right if you like our show please share with your friends or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at pharmacyitme.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at pharmacistconnect.com, which is P-H-I-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool,